Bandwidth for Security Now is provided by AOL Radio at AOL.com slash podcasting. This is Security Now with Steve Gibson, episode 53 for August 17th, 2006, Virtualization Part 2. Security Now is brought to you by Astaro, makers of the Astaro Security Gateway. On the web at www.astaro.com. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's time to find out what's going on in the world of security with our good friend Steve Gibson, the security czar. I'm naming you the czar of security now. Well, and now I'm the birthday czar. Happy Uh, birthday! To security now. This is the official anniversary, being episode number 53. Hallelujah. Yep. Wow, that's great. Congratulations. It It really has gone quickly, Leo. It has. It doesn't seem like a year. No, no. Um, I'm really, I'm really pleased. So that's great. Um, and, uh, I expect we'll go on for many years to come. I certainly hope so. Gosh knows security isn't going to go anywhere. No, like we said, uh, was it a week before last? We've got Vista coming out. (laughs) It's going to keep, it's going to keep us really busy. I think plenty to talk about plenty. Yeah. So, uh, we had started and it's now been two weeks, three weeks back, uh, 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 talking about virtualization. Should we recap a little bit? Of well, yeah. what we talked about, yeah, I, w- I want to for sure. I actually, I, I was a little concerned that people might not be interested in our walk down memory lane, which was you know really talking about where it first began and really covering a broad spectrum. But I got a bunch of really positive feedback from people who who like to know things they didn't know about the history of virtual machine technology and, you know, emulators and UCSD, Pascal, and all that. And a lot of people who had been around but hadn't thought about it for a long time and were saying, oh, yeah, I remember that. And so, anyway. Well, gosh it, knows we've been around a long time and we can talk about it, can't we, Steve? <laughs> exactly. Well, really, sometimes we, I, you and I are the same age and uh, and go back to kind of the earliest years of personal computing and... Sometimes I really do feel like an old guy when I, yeah, I remember we had 4.77 megahertz and we were happy. (laughs) We we were glad to have it. We knew we'd never need more. Never need more than 640K. So virtualization is what? Well, the the best definition, I think, is it is software pretending to be a computer. So it's a computer running within a computer, essentially. And there are, there are many different flavors because there are many ways to accomplish a computer within a computer. The, the traditional sort of older-fashioned way was, was, was known as like a pure emulator. And in fact, for example, even, even the original BASIC language, BASIC was a language that was interpreted by a computer. You could consider that a virtual machine. And in fact, BASIC was often compiled down into something called bytecode, which was a sort of a, a, a pseudo machine language that the interpreter then executed as if it were actually the hardware interpreting that bytecode. So, so there have been, there have been many implementations of this, but, but essentially the idea is you have a, you have a computer 
that sort of is creating another computer. Now, the, the tremendous advantage of that, and the reason we're talking about this at all, is from a security standpoint, it means that the, that the software running in the, in the computer's computer, that is, that, 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 that virtual computer, that's the name, it isn't actually running on the, 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 the raw hardware in an unconstrained fashion. So constraints can be put around it. Essentially, uh, and this is the term that we'll be using, sandboxing is, is the term that's been used to describe the idea of creating a restricted environment in which software runs so that it's able to do useful things, but it's not able to do harmful, malicious, and, and un- completely uncontrolled things. So, so essentially, a virtual computer is a, is a computing environment of some sort. It may be purely software, it may be a hybrid, or even purely hardware in theory, although we really haven't seen anything like that before. Um, but, 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 but it's certainly possible theoretically to have a virtual computer that is sort of a, that is running only on hardware, which is doing the virtualization. In most cases, you have some software that's involved too. So that's sort of the the broad brush background of 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 virtual computers, or, and, you know, and, and it's and it's real uh, use in security. In fact, what's interesting is because nowadays uh, all of the new Intel processors, for instance, support this kind of stuff in hardware. Uh, there is much less of a penalty paid for virtualization. So well, people are more interested in it. Yes, and in fact that's sort of that's a nice segue into talking about VMware and where they've come from and where they're going. What's happening is I I predict we are we're on the cusp of of a substantial rise of in in virtual computing, I think that virtual machine technology is one of the reasons I'm glad we're talking about it and and covering it. This is something that is with us and is. I mean, it, it's funny too because it, it was something done a long time ago. Then it sort of died out, and no one was really talking about virtual machines for for a period of a couple decades. And then it it, be, it began to see a comeback as. RAM got large enough, as hard drives got large enough, as systems got fast enough, because normally, just exactly as you said, Leo, there's some penalty paid for this extra layer. You've got a wrapper. You've got, you know, this this thing doing the sandboxing does have some overhead of varying degrees. Well, VMware was early in the game, uh, VMware Corporation, early in the game of taking the intel processor um which which really wasn't designed to do virtualization but figuring out how to sandbox it and trap the privileged instructions which are normally not trappable how to do this in order to create virtual machines what is happening now is because of this resurgence of virtual technology, um, Intel, and I'm sure AMD will be following, is, is now making it easier to do this. Well, so VMware Corporation is, is being a little concerned because one of their competitive advantages was that they had a bunch of patents. I don't know, they've got a, like 20 or 30 patents on, on ways to solve these problems where the hardware is still a little hostile 
to doing it completely, they came up with workarounds. What what is happening is the hardware is now evolving in a direction to make virtual machines much easier to implement. So some of the competitive advantage that VMware Corporation had is being lost. Mm, interesting. The uh, the other thing, the other the other evolution here is that we're beginning to see virtual machine technology because it's so useful it's be it's being subsumed by the operating system i think we're in a very short time we're going to be seeing linuxes with increasing virtual machine technology even freebsd already has something called jails which is an os level supported sandboxing technology that allows multiple users to to basically feel like they've got an entire free bsd machine to themselves but they can't get out of jail they they're they're not actually talking with full privileges even though you can log in as root you're a you're a jailed root user I so like that Yes, it's it's very cool. Yeah, I imagine Windows will do this at some point. And there have been rumors that uh, Apple would be doing this with their next OS X, Leopard, which will be out next spring. Uh, they did uh, talk a little bit about Leopard at the Worldwide Developers Conference, but didn't mention that. So I don't know if that will be part of it or not. They they did mention there's a lot of stuff we're not showing you. So Well, and interestingly, uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference was just, just last week. Right. And, or two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, Apple... I'm sorry, VMware introduced VMware for Mac. Oh. So it's still, uh, you're able to sign up for an early beta, but we, you know, we've talked a couple times about Parallels. Yeah, I, at, we both use that. That's how, how, yep. we, how we run Windows on our Intel Macs. Exactly. And, I, and I'm very happy with it, I have to say. Well, and in fact, it's very VMware-like. When I was installing and setting it up, it was like, wow, I mean, the icons even look sort of similar. And so, I mean, I, I felt immediately at home with it. The the one thing, and we're going to talk about it in, in this episode, is that, that is very cool, is that the all of the VMware products across their product line are compatible. So you could create a Windows uh, a Windows oh. virtual machine, do all the work there, and, and you're able to package these things up. And that's, in fact, what the, the free VMware player plays. We should explain that most of the time, at least in my experience, uh, all of these programs, instead of having a hard drive or taking a partition on your hard drive, they just create a large file, which, is, which appears to be a hard, a, a hard drive to the software as it's running so for instance with parallels set up on my intel mac i have a big file that that's my windows operating system uh, and all the files on it and all the all the documents on it so you're saying i could take that one big file copy it to another system a linux system say using vmware and run it as if i were running the same version of windows yes wow and, and in fact what i love because i see i've been a long time a long-term vmware user i have used it in the past okay i guess we ought to we ought to i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here um i've used it in the past to um to evaluate lots of different personal software firewalls great way to do that so you don't uh, have so, to yes. mess up your machine Wait, well, exactly, and you know, and and all. I mean, a firewall is inherently an invasive thing to install. You know, it's going in and and sinking its roots down into your kernel, putting in drivers, patching things, doing all kinds of stuff. And so you 
on 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 one hand, you know, you could sure you could reformat your drive, you you could uninstall it, but you're never really sure if you got it all out of there. Well, there's another um, advantage, which is that you can get you. It's a the systems are identical. You can start uh, from scratch, fresh each time with an identical that's, system. That's in fact. So so for example, what I do is I I, I use VMware Workstation and I I create a new instance of a virtual machine. And, and what's really funny, I mean, the first time I used it, I, I I installed VMware Workstation, started it up, and you literally you 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 push the like the power on button for this virtual machine. And you see, like a black and white screen booting. I, I mean, know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's got the BIOS in <laughs> yeah, there, know, it's you know, funny. counting up how much memory it has, and it's just—it's exactly like you know, turning on a computer and watching it boot. Because I mean, it is—it is to that level. It's a virtual machine. It, it's a—it's a computer running on your screen. And so then I install Windows into that, get get it Windows all configured the way I want to, and you know install some other apps and, and things sort of to get the environment ready. And then you're able to save it, and you can then stamp them out like cookies. Um, so that then I'll have, for example, ten identical virtual machines. I then name them, you know, Zone Alarm, Cario, Personal, Symantec, Norton, McAfee, you know, give them all names. And then I go to each one, turn, you know, basically turn it on again, and then install that personal firewall in that instance of the virtual machine. And the the beauty of that is, and in fact, well, VMware has really got this nailed. You you end up with like a tabbed interface where you can just click on tabs, and it jumps you immediately between entirely separate instances of the installed and set up Windows. I mean, it is just it's very cool, and so it's what, serious magic. I must. It, it, it is it is deep voodoo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and it, it works. They have they have networking working, so you're able to, if you want to, you can make these machines communicate with each other, communicate to the host machine with sort of a, a, your own little private um, network in order in order to to connect and you do file sharing and 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 uh and you can even do drag and drop sort of operations so it's it's extremely cool and and for me the advantage then is if i if i come back a day later because i there's something i forgot to test well i've got all of the it's like having 10 machines literally running inside of one so i'm able to say oh i forgot to test something and i just click through all the different machines running different personal firewalls in order to test them in a way that you know with something that i'd forgotten because you must have so, had a big hard drive because oh i mean yes these things are hungry for you know you, you can't run it on your grandmother's computer no it, it does need to be run on on, on, a, on a contemporary machine and lots but, of ram too because remember you're running essentially two operating systems simultaneously well, yes, it is RAM hungry, and there are there are things you're able to do. I mean, you're able to like shut down the machine. You you can pause the machine. You can suspend it using the OS's own suspension mechanism. I mean, it it is really feature packed. Now, the the cool thing is that once you've done all that, you end up with this this file. I think it's VMX, which is like the 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 master file for the virtual machine. You can take that to any other copy of VMware, whether the full workstation, whether 
um, the the free player, or even now VMware, for example, on Linux or soon to be on the Mac, and all of them are compatible at that at that file level. I mean, you're, you're probably talking about you know many hundreds of megabytes, maybe three or four hundred megs. So you know, burn onto a CD. But what you end up with is this portable sort of this module, which any other VMware system will run. And the player is free. So if the if the if what you've created is also free, I mean you can't go stop you know stamping Microsoft Windows, your own personally licensed copies of Microsoft Windows all over the place. That's obviously a, a violation of Microsoft's copyright. But if you were to build something with open source software, then you end up with something that will run anywhere. Well, and we should point out uh well, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to, that the, the Windows activation uh, is done within the virtual machine. So if you make a copy on on a Mac of a, of a VMware Windows installation and move it to your Linux box, you're not really changing machines. So the activation goes right with it. Right. Um, VMware used to only be hosted on top of another operating system, but they've even got a version called ESX, which it's which which you install like the first operating system you install this this VMware ESX on raw hardware and and it, they actually started wow. with you don't need they, any operating system wow. nope nope they started with an with a version of unix uh, i'm sorry linux years ago they're they're migrating more away from linux into their own code so so this ESX, the VMware ESX, is actually not hosted on on any other OS. It itself is installable directly on empty hardware. So you take a machine, you install this VMware ESX, and then it creates virtual machines in which you stall, install whatever operating systems you want. So it it I mean it allows, for example. Um, commercial companies who want to who want to provide um, hosted servers to install, for example, lots of copies of Unix or Linux, give each one to a different company, and you really you know each each OS is sandboxed and has has its controlled access to the hard drive. Um, apparently, they'll they'll install up to 128 virtual machines on on a single server and they can all be all be running at once <laughs> now that's amazing and so you know and so a client leaves you just you just delete their virtual machine and then stamp out a, 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 another one ready to go for your next customer off of your master template so so this notion of having templates is is incredibly cool because it affords you the ability to to set up basically a completely configured computer of you know whether it's it's windows or linux or freebsd basically you install whatever operating system you want into this empty virtual machine and I mean, and you've got something that runs at near full speed. So that's another question. You say near, how near? Well, it's getting better all the time. Um, in my experience, on good hardware, uh, you really can't tell the difference. I mean, it is snappy, and it's just like you're using Windows. Now, I uh, in parallels, and I have two gigabytes on a MacBook, so it's not the highest end Intel uh, dual. Uh, core, but it's still pretty fast. It's a two gigahertz, dual two gigahertz. 
Uh, it does seem to run pretty snappily. I haven't tried running games on it, but I am able to run Adobe Audition with many tracks, and I use voice dictation software. That seems to work fine. And now from a security standpoint, here's where this all comes in, is it is super secure. And in fact, one of the things that, that people are doing is they're, they're using a virtual machine for doing anything on the net that where they care about not only security, but privacy. Because that's the other thing that a virtual machine affords you. Since you're able to tell in, in VMware, you're able to say, do not save any state changes of the virtual machine while I'm using it. That is, they have this notion of snapshotting where every time you boot or turn it on, it starts out the way it originally was. And so, and you know, that's many, interesting. Huh? It's very cool. So it throws out it, any changes you made. Exactly. It'll it'll save them during your session, but it will, but it will not save them across sessions. And so, you know, many people are concerned about leaving tracks when they're using a browser because browsers are saving cookies, they're they're caching images and caching web pages you've gone to. Basically, it's I mean, it's a lot of work to clean out any, you know, to make sure you've left no debris behind from 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 your use of a computer. Doing anything in a virtual machine that is set up correctly in this way absolutely guarantees that when you shut it down it has not modified your main machine your your exterior computer at all and even turning it back on again starts it from its master image losing any changes that were made last time well i can see the real security advantage of that of course it's not the ideal way to operate on a computer where you actually want to do any work long term be nice to save some stuff True, true. And, and it's worth saying, too, that, that I mean, this VM player, it's interesting, VMware Corporation is showing all the signs of a company that recognizes, you know, it got an early lead, but the world is catching up. You know, of course, Microsoft bought Connectix, I think was the name of the company, right. that, and, and acquired a very similar virtual machine technology from them. That, of course, is now Microsoft's, you know, virtual PC product line. And Microsoft is giving a um, a player away also for free. Oh, I should mention that VMware's will also run Microsoft virtual PC images. So so you really even, Yes, you're even able to use Microsoft virtual PC uh, virtual machines and run them in VMware. That's interesting. Wow. So, so the images you know, are close enough that they can do that. Wow. Well, I think what they've done is they've they've really reversed they went in and yeah. yes, they went in and deeply reversed engineered what what Microsoft had. But so so VMware, you know, they're 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 giving things away for free. They're 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 now really you say you get the pers- player, but what can you what can you do with the player? You can't create a new image. You'd have to use somebody else's creative well, image. Well, no, no, but there is a couple very cool things. As I was as I was researching this, I was excited to be telling our audience about some of this because, first of all, the player is about thirty megabytes. It's not huge in size, but it does deeply install on your machine. It creates some virtual network adapters that will show up un, under your network properties. I mean, it's it takes a while to install because I mean it, it's it, and you do have to do a reboot afterwards. So I mean, installing the player 
itself is not something that you do casually just like oh i'm going to quickly you know run this little program and see what it does i mean it's it's really putting some serious technology on your machine what's cool about it though is that there are there are now what what vmware calls appliances and there's a directory again we've got links on um uh, on the show notes page for this to VMware's page, they're collecting, there's like, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60, what they call appliances, which are virtual machines that other people have already created. And some of the coolest ones are various flavors of, of Unix and Linux. And so what people could do is, I mean, it's a, it's a very easy way to just screw around with FreeBSD or with it, 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 is it called um, Ubuntu? Ubuntu, that yeah, that's the yeah. Uh, the Linux. In fact, that's the one I use and love. Is it a, a derivative of Debian? It is. It's a Debian so. nicely packaged. Uh, Mark Shuttleworth, who made quite a bit of money in the dot com boom, is basically funding it, and it's free. You could they'll send you a disk. U b u n t u dot com. Well, so for example, you install VMware's player. They they have a ready to go Firefox based Ubuntu. Uh, oh, a little. So you just could load that in. Oh, it you now you absolutely do, and it works perfectly. I I, I was playing around with it. Oh, because Ubuntu and, and, is free, so all of that yes. is free, so you don't have to worry about licensing and all that. They can just give exactly. it to you as a blob. How big is the blob? Now that's that's the problem. Oh. The it's a big blob to download. It's two hundred and seventy one megabytes. Well, that's not that bad. Well, until you unzip it, <laughs> and and it's a gig. Yeah, because it's going it to be a whole operating system. Well, it's a whole operating system, and it's got a whole bunch of apps installed. Um, the reason now, I now what it does was, that run on? It runs on anything that the VMware player will run on. Exactly. Wow. So, I mean, it is really cool, Leo. I mean, so it is. It, uh, it, it comes with. Um, I think it's the GNOME desktop. That's right. Um, That's and it looks. Default. It looks great. It's very Windows-like. Um, I was playing around with it, and I installed the calculator app, which it didn't already have because it's got a very nice. Um, application, that great? In, yes, yeah. and in fact, I saw that it was a .deb file, so I think, oh, that I, I remember Debian. that from my own exp- uh, yeah. my own playing with, uses, with with Debian. It uses apps get. I I think Ubuntu is incredible. I actually put it. I have an old uh, Mac PowerBook because when I went to the Intel, my my year old PowerBook was suddenly obsolete, and I put Ubuntu right. on it, and it's great. It's just wonderful. But that, well, well, I didn't need to because it sounds like I could have just downloaded the VMware version. That would have been a lot well, easier. And that's what's so cool. And that's it's what I wanted to really expose our listeners to is that, you know, I mean, we've talked about Linux and Unix and all this. And I mean, in, for, for most people, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have a spare machine. I don't want to do dual booting and, and like mess with my partitions and all that. But wouldn't it be cool just to be able to play with some of this stuff? So if, or if, for instance, you wanted to surf safely on, I mean, really safely on Windows, windows you download the player they have a blob i presume for oh it doesn't matter it's cross-platform so as long as they have a player for windows you're okay yep and you download the blob and you and when you surf you surf in ubuntu and even if you were to get a virus is it is now this is the question a lot of people ask me can it go across the barrier from the virtual environment into your real environment well you still need to be careful that you don't pull programs out of the VM, out of the virtual machine, out onto your real machine. So you could but, actually see it. 
I mean, you can see your drive and you could copy stuff over and stuff. Yeah, yes, you are okay. able to do that. If by default, it is disabled, so you're unable to have any contact with your external drive, although the technology does support drag and drop of, of files and content. That's so, so, cool. so, I mean, it, it, I mean I, if, if this is interesting to people, I encourage them to try it. It is, it is weird when you see the, the, this thing boot. And, in fact, that, that, that's exactly the experience I had with the VMware, you know, just the free player. Downloaded the free player, 31 megabytes, I think it was. And then I, I downloaded the, um, the... They call it the browser appliance. The browser appliance, exactly. Two, 271 meg, and then I unzipped it into a directory. I, I created a little appliances directory under my VMware directory where I, where I unzipped that. And then... They have other the, appliances, by the way. Oh, there's like 60 of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them that various people are, are submitting. Many of them are really nicely pre-configured versions of, of Linux and Unix running. In fact, I probably would not recommend the default browser appliance because it's an older version of Ubuntu and it's just Firefox. So you might want to look at the other free virtual appliances to see which one... Yeah, I saw uh, I saw some Opera. I, it was it, it, it would be able to install Opera Nine if you wanted to, and wow. and that's a relatively current one. But what was so cool, Leo, was here I'm looking at this this app, and I I start it, and I'm it, I watch <laughs> Ubuntu booting, going through its little checks, uh, che- uh, che- checking off, you know, starting up this, starting up that, you know, and it's literally it's booting the first time. Now, once it had done that, when I just closed the app. It, because this was told to like save where I am. Next time I ran it, it continued exactly from where I was. That's so cool. It really is. And then and then to be able to download these. So that these one other... saves your bookmarks. It saves every changes you make. And and yep. not only does it save them, <laughs> you just go right to it the next time you run it. Yes. Wow. Yes, and you are sandboxed because the idea is that I mean you, the the application thinks. It is it, the application itself. The uh, Ubuntu has no idea that it is not actually booting on a real machine. Right. So if you got malware in there, it could be having a party, thinking, <laughs> Aha, "I got this guy now." When in fact, it's a virtual party. I mean, it's not. It's not actually touching your hardware because the virtual machine technology, and that's what. What VMware nailed early on that is being made easier as our hardware advances, it's able to intercept all contact to physical memory and physical hardware devices. And in fact, it's one of the one of the cool things is that with this VM machine, you get sort of a a wrapper of compatibility. It pretends to be the most standard USB uh, hardware, the most standard mm-hmm. Ethernet mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. the most standard everything. So there's you don't have any like driver um, issues because the VMware the 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 virtualization manager it's it's simulating a generic Ethernet adapter that all operating systems will support, like an old you know three com E one hundred or something. As long you as know, the player supports your real hardware. Where you'll have no trouble with it uh, uh, later. Exactly. I mean, if you had something really oddball, I suppose the player itself might not work. um, I guess potentially, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it is. It is really. It is. It is just. It, I it's love a this. Neat, it's a neat thing to 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 see it happening again. It's going to need a gig in order to expand the browser, and I imagine that since the other things are are varying in size, there are things that are smaller and larger than that two seventy one right. browser appliance. Right. That they offer, but I mean, to for for someone to just install some apps and be able to boot like a virtual machine and then install anything you want to in there. Now again, you have the the, the free thing that the free version, the VMware Player is a is a player only. It'll allow you to do this with images that other people have have set up. But the and I think the. I think VMware itself, the whole workstation, is version five point, you know, and something it's not or other. Cheap, as I remember, no, it's about one ninety nine. Oh, I think that's not bad. That's not for, bad. for the whole thing. For me, it's a godsend it's when it. I want. Oh, yes, but when I want to do something with a machine where I want to experiment and like jump around between different instances of a machine, and it's making a, a serious dent in corporate. Um, large sort of computing infrastructures where they want to be able to run many software servers inside of a virtual server. Yeah, and of course, uh, VMware is the best known, but as you mentioned, there is a Microsoft's own virtual PC and uh, Parallels, which uh, is in very active development on the on the Mac platform, but they also have uh, Windows and Unix versions as well. So this is right. a, this is not uh, it's a, it's going to be a crowded field, ironically. Um, and I think it's just exciting as heck. I, I think probably anybody who's really concerned about security might want to just go get the the uh, free version of VMware, the player, and get a, and get the browser appliance and install it. Just at least and, to have yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. And and just see how it feels. I mean, it's it's there, there's overhead associated with getting it launched and getting it going. You've of course, you say a gig is a must for of RAM. Uh, I would think so yeah. because I think it actually is using a much smaller amount, and then, it, but it basically it laid out a container for a virtual drive, and so that that gig is is as I remember, it's not very full, but they wanted to basically you know uh, take up that much space so that then if you stored things in there, you know like like the browser had some caching space and so forth, basically it is that file which is pretending to be the drive. So a gig of hard drive space, but also a gig of RAM, and that that really is a must. Oh yeah, it is going to be using up RAM also. Yeah, very cool. Virtualization. Now that you uh, know what it is, run out and get some of your very own. Yeah, and, and I couldn't be happier using uh, Parallels on the on the, my MacBook. It's just really a wonderful thing. Well, and frankly, I, I'm probably going to switch. I ha- I own Parallels. Um, I think I'll probably get VMware for the Mac just so that I have the, that cross-platform compatibility. I yeah. think that'd be very cool. I, I, I think that's worth 199 bucks. Yeah. So that is in development right now, or is it actually out? They just announced um, it. They, they announced it at the developers' conference. There's a, there's a sign-up for the beta, so that, uh, that implies that the beta is not quite ready yeah, yet. Yeah, they say later, I think later this year. Which yep. could be tomorrow, or it could be December twenty ninth. Yeah, they they probably had to like stake their claim during the right, Apple Developers right. Conference just to get on record. Well, I love having the competition, and uh, you know, Parallels is very reasonable. I think it's only forty dollars, but uh, you, you know, you're right. The compatibility cross platform to have one copy of Windows that I could put on all of my machines would be really cool, or one copy it is, of Linux. It is really neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there is one, there's one um, appliance that I saw there. It's called PC-BSD. 
and it's a it's a very nice version of FreeBSD that's got the GUI all installed and running. And so if people wanted to poke around with a a, a Unix FreeBSD Unix, which of course has always been my favorite, as, P- as is mine, yeah, 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 PCBSD is another appliance there, which has been very well reviewed and uh, and it's being maintained. And you know, again, you can run it right on top of your Windows machine. Steve, once again, you've uh, you've shined a light into a, a fascinating area of uh, technology that I think a lot of people never heard of, but yep. I now they I know now that they will be very interested in knowing more. Well, next week we're going to talk about a different flavor of this. We're going to talk about sort of lighter weight sandboxing technologies because there are some ways to sandbox without the whole vmware virtual pc sort of overhead and so that's where we're going to go next they're they're vm they're virtual machine like stuff but sort of lighter weight if people want to know more they should go to your website grc.com that's where the 16 kilobit version of this show lives for the bandwidth of parent and of course elaine's great transcripts if you like to read along as steve talks uh, and it's also the great place to find spinrite s-p-i-n-r-i-t-e it's uh, steve's Bread and butter has been for some time. The latest version is just fantastic for all PCs. Uh, I use it all the time. It's the ultimate disk recovery and uh, maintenance utility. If you have a hard drive, you need Spinrite. Check out Spinrite.info for uh, great uh, testimonials. And of course, you know, Leo, we've I, I've I've been lazy posting new ones because we're they're, they're, we're just getting too many. <laughs> I, that, already, that page is so long. I love it. It's like, uh, and so I, <laughs> I I've been thinking maybe I'll just put up a note and say, you know, the last one here, I think it was in April or something, and I've I've I'm getting them all the time, but. I just don't want the page to become too long. Well, take off the old ones and put in the new ones. But the old ones are good, too. (laughs) (laughs) They're all his babies. He doesn't want to give up any of them. We also thank our sponsor, Astaro Corporation, makers of the great Astaro Security Gateway. If your small or medium business network needs superior protection from spam, virus, and as a hackers, you could put a little dog at the gate, which is apparently what's barking in the background here, or you could actually get superior protection, including complete VPN capabilities, intrusion protection, content filtering, and an industrial-strength firewall in a single, easy-to-use, high-performance appliance. Astaro. It's like a little pit bull protecting your system. www.astaro.com or call 877 the number 4 ASTARO toll free to schedule a free trial of an Astaro security gateway appliance in your business. Free versions for uh, and for uh, non-business users are also available at astaro.com. We thank them so much for supporting Security Now. We thank you for supporting Security Now for listening to the show for being a part of the community that is growing around security now. Tell your friends, please feel free to share this uh, with people. If you want to put it on a CD and give it away, that's fine. We get, we've got, we continue to get almost every week a request from internet service providers, from cable companies, and variety of other people to say, "Can we redistribute this? We'd love our customers or clients to know about it." Our license absolutely allows non-commercial use as long as you attribute it back to uh, Steve Gibson and Twit.tv. Uh, of this because we really do want everybody to be able to hear it and uh, and take advantage of it. So uh, for non-commercial use, go right ahead and use it. If you want to use it commercially, in other words, if you're trying to make money on it, contact us and we can talk about that. Steve, uh, what's next? Do you know? Yeah, we're uh, as I said, we're going to talk about lighter weight uh, virtual machine approaches. Oh, yeah, you did. I'm 
sir. So-called sandbox. So we'll do sandboxing. that Sandboxing. So we'll go yep. get play in the sandbox with your Uncle Steve <laughs> next week on Security Now. Hey, thanks so much, Steve. We'll see you next time. Always a pleasure, Liam. Take care. Security Now.